0: Welcome to The Intersection, the podcast about artificial intelligence and healthcare. Hi everyone, uh, this is Jean. Hi everybody, this is Maxime. We are very happy to uh, discuss with you today again for our third episode. Uh, Today we're going to talk about a study that has been published in scientific reports, which is called Precision Medicine and Artificial Intelligence, a pilot study on deep learning for hypoglycemic events detection based on ECG. So, uh, Maxime, we often read about precision medicine and artificial intelligence. These two concepts are very often intertwined. Could you maybe explain to us why, in that particular study, they? chose to uh, differentiate it a little bit.
1: Sure. So the concept of precision medicine in this article refers to the idea that to each patient a specific artificial intelligence model. So Jean you must be aware that typically when you train a machine learning model we employ a dataset that is composed of a group of individuals. Right. Right. And then when we deploy that models we use it at an individual scale, right? So every patient, for every patient, we use the same model that comes from a training that has employed a group of individuals. So here the authors have um, an alternative strategy where for every patient, they train a separate model that is only, that are only trained on the data from that patient himself.
0: Okay, so if I understand it correctly, usually we, use huge data sets to create one model for every patient. But this is not what they did for that. They trained one model for each patient at an individual scale, right?
1: Exactly. So that, in the end, they have what they call a personalized deep learning system. So now, um, regarding a comment about huge data set versus maybe small data set, this depends on the task. So in this particular case, the data source is um, one of the s- data source is electrocardiograms. So these are time series, right, of um, your heart rate. So even if you have data from a single patient, in principle, depending on how many days you have been observing a patient, you could also have a big data set. But for sure, the size of the data set is more restricted than the alternative approach.
0: Okay, so, and the reason why we wanted to talk about this one is that their approach to uh, blood glucose monitoring is pretty original, right? Uh, and as yes. you, you know, blood glucose can have very important implications Uh, Typically, we monitor that for a very specific population of patients, mostly diabetic patients, because they do not have their own insulin and they rely on uh, injections to regulate their own glucose level. Uh, Usually, this is performed before meals and at times, And in most cases, uh, it will require to draw a very small sample of blood and uh, put it on a fingertip and uh, place it on a disposable test strip. And you have to keep in mind that they do this kind of thing several times every day uh, for, the, for their whole life. So you would say you typically have two measurements per day, at least. At least, usually. It's but it's a it, it can number. be up to uh, four, five, even six, depending of, on your uh, own regulation, All right. right?
1: And in practice, um, is that a limitation in that, in the sense that? Ideally, you would like to be able to detect hypoglycemic events uh, at a faster rate in real time. To understand, is that a a critical issue?
0: Right, at a faster rate and most importantly in a non-invasive way. And this is exactly what the authors of this study are proposing. So since hypoglycemia, so low blood uh, glucose, affects the electrophysiology of the heart, an electrocardiogram could be potentially used to monitor blood glucose, right? So,
1: yeah, so can we stop maybe here for a second because it's not very intuitive to me necessarily, but you're saying that when your um, blood levels of glucose um, decrease, your heart rate pattern changes.
0: Yeah, the the heart's electrophysiological activity will be modified by that. Yes, and, and does you, it
1: modify you in a way that you will be able to explain, or it's a complex change?
0: Um, it's a pretty complex change, and it can uh, depend and vary depending on the individual and the patient. I see. So, so, so that's, that's why. It's so re-
1: that's. I it's guess. Re- yes, as you are saying, yeah. that's why I guess an artificial intelligence solution that can understand this pattern is relevant here.
0: Okay, so just to give a little bit more context, you need to know that traditionally In order to monitor the electrophysiological activity of the heart, you need to perform an EKG or an electrocardiogram. That exam will produce a curve with, with very distinctive normal or pathological features that reflect not only blood level of glucose but many different chemical balance or imbalance in the body. So for example, if you take the, the, the case of hypoglycemia, it can result in a prolonged QT interval, which is a feature of the EKG, or an increase in the RT amplitude, which is another feature that we look uh, as physicians on an EKG. Uh, as you might already know, there are several startups that already sell deep learning solutions to automatically interpret EKG, but this paper is the first to Try and correlate on an individual scale EKG activity and blood glucose level.
1: I see. And what is the potential impact of, of such a work? Like not necessarily this paper itself, but let's say if it turned out that we could correlate heart signal with um, glucose levels in the blood, what 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 would be the technological outcome of this down the road?
0: Well, the implications are really, really relevant because, as we said, it can be very cumbersome to uh, monitor your own blood glucose several times a day and being able to do that in a completely non-invasive way would be very, very interesting, right? But then you would tell me, okay, it's nice, but if I need to put electrodes on my body (laughs) uh, to perform an EKG each time, it doesn't make any sense. And I would argue that you are actually right. But with the latest wearables such as Apple Watch or Fitbit or whatever, we are starting to be able to record an EKG uh, on the spot without any additional device several times a day as much as we want. So we could imagine that we could record an EKG automatically as many times as we want and then correlate that to blood glucose level through this kind of approach.
1: Got it. And potentially, I assume this opens the door for many other applications, too, of uh, medical diagnosis or screening based on real-time monitoring.
0: Right. For example, for example. if you have an, another type of chemical imbalance, which, which is uh, the, number, the, the level of potassium in your blood, which is, can be extremely dangerous if it's not very well balanced, we can imagine that we could use exactly the same kind of approach to monitor for that and many other stuff. OK, but before we, we can actually implement that on a large scale, there are a number of technical challenges that need to be addressed. And maybe you can uh, detail some of those, Maxim. Sure.
1: So one of the specificities of this kind of studies is the nature of the input data. You are not dealing with images, but you are dealing with typically a time series, right? And so some of the questions that, as a researcher, you have to ask yourself or um, the the, wi- the time window to use to make a certain prediction. So for example, in this study, right? Um, what is the time scales at which you would like to predict um, hypoglycemic events? Should you use data? Um, for example, aggregated during 5 minutes, during 10 minutes, during an hour, and this is where uh, the, clinical, um, the clinical knowledge of the particular problem comes in.
0: Okay, got it. And you point actually uh, something that is extremely important in machine learning in healthcare, and even machine learning in general, is the importance of domain experts and collaboration between a researcher, computer scientist, and the domain uh, expert himself, in that case a physician. And I guess that if you do not have this collaboration, the results of your model might actually be irrelevant or even completely false or inaccurate. So it's extremely important to be sure to take that into account.
1: Definitely, that's, that's right. And that's why this paper itself actually is a collaboration between researchers in the School of Engineering and School of Medicine. Alright, that's it for today, thanks for listening, we hope we gave you some interesting insights about um, precision medicine and artificial intelligence based monitoring of glucose levels in the blood based on um, heart activity. If you have any comments, uh, let us know and if you do like this episode, please share uh, on your favorite social media platform. See you next time. Merci. This is the
0: intersection.